After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast. It's a huge week in the NBA. Free agency opens up Friday, and the Kings have some money to spend. 30 plus million to spend. What are they going to do with it? Who are they going to spend it on? Can they make a big trade? We'll be live Friday for the start of NBA free agency, literally reacting to all the deals as they unfold. So make sure to join the live stream, youtube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, help us out. Drop us a five-star review. All it does is help our channel continue to grow. On today's podcast, we're going to learn more about Colby Jones. The Kings drafted him in the second round. They moved up from 38 to 34 to draft Colby Jones from Xavier. So we caught up with someone that knows Xavier basketball. A guy that is Xavier's all-time leading scorer. His number 23 jersey is hanging up in the rafters at Xavier. Oh, by the way, his brother is Hall of Famer Barry Larkin. He's the longtime radio analyst for Xavier basketball, the one and only Byron Larkin. How you doing, Byron? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Hey, we're excited. We're great. You know, it's it's great. <laughs> you know, in Sacramento, we, we haven't seen a lot of winning over the years, and Last year was such a magical year for the Kings ending the playoff drought, play a fun style. Now, looks like they're really trying to build something here. And they add a new piece here with Colby Jones. I'm curious, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Colby Jones? Kind of a Swiss Army knife. Mm. That's what he's been for uh, his career at Xavier. Um, he's just a guy who's been able to do whatever the team needs to win and a kid who's uh, uh, steadily improved every year. And um, it's just really excited for him with his ability and uh, his character. Uh, I think I think they made a great pick in, in selecting him. You talk about his improvement every year. He really took that leap his junior year, second, all, second team, all Big East. How much growth did you actually see from him and what type of growth? Oh, uh, uh, that, that, that's a good question. Uh, his freshman year, um, he, uh, he was, you know, he was a guy, not a super high recruit coming out. Uh, he was a late, Xavier signed him late. 
then he came on, you know, he's from, from Alabama. You know, Xavier doesn't get a lot of kids from the deep south being in Cincinnati, Ohio. And his freshman year, he just kind of learned. Uh, he was playing against a real good player every day in practice. And Najee Marshall, uh, who uh, plays in the NBA now for New, for New Orleans. So I think that experience really helped him come along and get better. That competitiveness that he saw every day in practice helped him uh, as a freshman. And then his sophomore year, he got a little bit better. And then last year, he uh, he just really kind of put it all together. You know, it was his team. I mean, I think he just kind of waited his turn to kind of take over. And he really improved, you know, every aspect of his game. I think he's always been like uber competitive and always been really solid. Um, but the, the jump he made uh, from his sophomore year to last year, was was really uh really big. Uh he shot the ball with so much more confidence. Uh his passing is something that's really underrated. I mean, he, you know, if you're open, that ball is going to be there. Uh he has a an understanding on how to to like see plays before they actually happen. And I think all great players have that and he's really good in that area and uh, has improved and you know, kind of took over the games at the end of the year last year, something he didn't do his freshman in his first two years here. So it was it was really cool to see that progression out of him and really excited for him now. I wish he came back to Xavier one more oh. year, but, you know, everybody, you know, that's his dream to play in the NBA and he is there. And I'm I'm really happy for him, as is everyone at Xavier. You mentioned that the improvement shooting and the three-point shooting really – took a leap this year. I think it was 29% the year before this year, just under 38%. Did he make a drastic change with this shot? Was it just the product of the offense getting better looks? What did you notice? Well, I think a lot of it was, I, I think he was always like in high school, he wasn't known as a, a three point shooter. A matter of fact, when he came to Xavier, that was the rep, like the rap on him, like, well, he's, he could do everything, but not a, not a really good shooter. And his high school coach was talking about, Hey, you know, this guy can shoot the ball. He just doesn't do it very often. You know, he could always, it just was a matter of him taking more shots. I think last year, Xavier was one of the best teams in the country offensively. I mean, they led the country in three point shooting and field goal percentage for a while. And a lot of that came from the quality looks. They had better offense and, uh, they really shared the ball um, with Colby. I think it was just him just willing to take the shot. I mean, he shot a high percentage. He, uh, I think the, he just took more of them. He was always a good shooter. He just took more of them. And, you know, as he took more, he made more. And that was a big part of his game. And it was really good to see, because I know he put a lot of work into it. You, you talked about, his passing being a little bit underrated or maybe people overlook it. Is there any other part of his game that seems to be overlooked a little bit too much? Uh, I don't think so because he's got that rep of being really good at everything. I mean, he, uh, I think the passing more than anything, uh, he's one of the best passers I've ever seen uh, at, at, you know, in, in this college level, I mean, for a six-six, you know, wing player who just can really dribble the ball, his head's always up, 
and he's a willing passer and he can see plays before they develop. Uh, but I think, um, but I don't think there's really any part of his game that's that's kind of that'll surprise people. I mean, he's going to be really competitive defensively. He takes a lot of pride in that. To, to play for Sean Miller, you have to take a lot of pride in your defense or you just won't play. I mean, you could score 20 points a game. Sean's not going to put you out there if he, if you don't um, embrace playing defense and, and being competitive. And Kobe has that all the way to the top. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, and, and offensively, he's just very complete. He's a very complete player. That's probably the best way I can I can put it. I mean, he can dribble the ball. I mean, he can play. He can brings he brings the ball up at times. So if you need him to play point, he can do that. He can default, defend your best perimeter offensive player. Um, you know, he's a capable three point shooter. He's just he's just a complete player, and I think he'll have a successful long career in the NBA. I mean, all the things you just talk about with him, like that's a perfect fit for the Kings. Like with <laughs> yes. their style of play, like how they're trying to build things out. You know, Sabonis as a big, such a high IQ guy, always looking for cutters, the ball movement. They want to they wanna get a lot of off-ball movement. They want to take good shots. They play with pace and space and passing. Willing cutters, willing yeah, passers. It's like, oh my God. I mean, it just sounds like oh, he well, could be a perfect fit. <laughs> Oh, that that's yeah, that's that's going to be Kobe. He's he's going to fit right in. You know, we don't see a lot of Sacramento here in the Midwest just uh, until last year. When yeah, you guys had that great run against you know against Golden State, and I thought they were going to break through, but didn't. But but I got to see a lot more of the Kings play last year, uh, and yeah, I think he'll fit in well if if you got a bunch of guys who can shoot the ball and that are unselfish and that are willing passers. They'll fit right in, no problem. You know, I was reading the Ringers mock draft, and they had a description of Colby that I thought was interesting. They wrote, he doesn't back down no matter how often he gets hit in the face, which seemingly <laughs> happens every game. <laughs> so, like, wow. give us some insight just on, on kind of that, that motor out there. Because you talk about all the things he does well, but it seems like he's kind of got that competitive edge, too. It's somebody's been doing their homework on him because, you know, I, I watched every one of, of Colby's going games he's ever played in college. And he probably has the record of most times getting hit in the face by opposing players, where it's an errant elbow or headbutt or what have you. But in all, it probably happened. There was a, a, a running total here about how many times. Kobe would get hit in the face during the game and he never came out, you know, despite that. And uh, he just would, would shake it off. He's got a level of toughness that you're going to love uh, the level, uh, the, the level of competitiveness, his willingness to, to guard the, the other team's best player. It, it, it's really, yeah, it's really a fun thing about him that you'll see uh, that he just, he, he's up to meeting all the challenges uh, offensively and especially defensively, everybody wants to score, but not everybody is like engaged and willing to defend no matter what. And he's that kind of player. You know, if it doesn't matter if he scores 20 points or, or, or four points, you know, he, he, I think he understands winning basketball and that takes a lot of unselfishness and a commitment to playing defense um, one and two. And I think he, he really uh, kind of understands that when, when you see him the way he will play.
we we've talked about him defensively and what he's willing to do obviously sacrifice his body i'm sure with all the hits to the face alone <laughs> but defensively sacramento had a lot of problems and mike brown put a pretty good system in place to cover up uh what some individual defenders may lack and had a really good system um, for a team defense for them to just keep building on what what would you say makes him a good defender is it his iq is it his technique what what is it i think it's uh the competitive the the combination of all those things um you know, Kobe played for two different head coaches when he was at Xavier. Uh, he played for Sean Miller his last year. His previous two years, he was with Travis Steele. So he and, and both those uh, coaches had had they both were mainly man to man the defensive systems, but they were a little bit different in how they played. And he was one of the best defensive players in both those systems. So that tells you a lot about like his ability to pick up concepts. Uh, I mean, they, they really prepare you. Uh, there's been a lot of success at Xavier uh, because they, they understand you got to play defense first and that's the only way you're going to get on the floor. And I thought Kobe uh, had, had shined in both those defensive systems, even though they were both mainly uh, man to man, but he understands. I mean, in order to play as much as you do, as he did, um, you you have to, uh, the coaching staff has to trust you. And you get trust by being in the right spots and being sound in your defensive assignments. And he's really good in, in, in those areas. So he'll, he'll have no problem defensively understanding concepts or being competitive or knowing where to be at the right time and being up for the challenge and being unselfish on defense, they'll be fine there. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together. There's all these different papers. There's all these different forms. What do you do? You listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Yeah, because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business. How about for some time off after an NBA season even? That sounds amazing. So you know what you need to do? Listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, to me, he just seems like a guy that can step in right away and be in the rotation, too, because he has the experience, the IQ. I'm curious, from your perspective, maybe, where does he have the most room to grow? I think offensively, um, a lot of times during the games last year, I wanted him to step up a little bit more offensively, be more aggressive, uh, being more assertive. You know, last year, um, and I talked to talked with Sean Miller about this, like if they were going to be successful last year, um, which they were heading into that season, we talked about Colby having to um, assume the role of alpha dog on the team because he was so used, he's so good at like doing a lot of things. He kind of um, fell into the, his first two years, like, okay, you know, I don't necessarily need to be the guy at the end of the game to take over. Well, last year he needed to be that to be successful. And they got, went to the Sweet 16 as a result of that and won 27 games. And a lot of that was because Colby did embrace that role and understanding that, hey, now, it's, now I am the alpha dog at the end of the game. I'm not looking to, 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 to make a play for somebody else. Everybody's looking at you to make a play. And he kind of realized that. Um, I wish he did that a little bit sooner. So um, this is a different system now. Being in the NBA is different than, than college ball. A lot more uh, emphasis on being able to score the ball, a lot more isolation plays. And um, so I, I think that's where he needs to, to be, like to be more assertive offensively and not as – you know, unselfish yeah. at times, you know, he just needs to just be continue to be more assertive like he did at the end of the year and, and, and doing what his team needs to win. And sometimes you got to score. That means scoring 30, you got to score 30 or it's your turn to take over. He's just got to be willing to do that. I think that's going to be his greatest challenge on, on the next level. We had a question from one of our listeners. I thought was interesting. What do you think Colby could show in the NBA that he did not show in college? Ooh. Uh, I guess more, uh, just what I just kind of alluded yeah. to just being able to take over, be willing to, to take the shot at the end of the game. Now that was his role on Xavier's team last year as one of the, the, the guys, uh, at the end of the game, willing to, to make a play. Now that might not be his role and on Sacramento, um, you know, because every team's different. I just he he's got to settle into his role, whatever that is. If that's being willing to take the shot at the end of the game or make a play, that's what it has to be. So, um, so that I I think that's kind of where I you know I see him uh, and where he would need to kind of go to be successful um, with Sacramento. I always love when these draft conversations happen and we we pepper someone like yourself about these players and it's like hey they're also they're also human beings too like let's humanize them <laughs> young um, men yeah like what what about yeah. Col- what about colby the person like give us some insight yeah colby <clears throat> colby's just like a quiet he's a quiet kid uh, super intelligent i think both his parents are are uh teachers and he had a brother that also played college basketball so 
you know, he's experienced and he, you know, this basketball thing is, is not something new for him. He saw his older brother go through it. And, uh, he's just, uh, you know, he's a quiet guy, you know, he's not a super raw, raw kind of dude. I mean, I think he leads more than more with his actions than his words. Um, but then, you know, again, this is starting all over now, you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes when you're a rookie, it's best to keep your mouth shut and just, you know, know your role and, and bide your time. So I think he's smart enough to, to be aware of the situation, whatever that may be. I'm not sure. No one knows what that's going to be like until he gets to camp. He starts playing with his guys and, and he kind of fits into a role. Uh, but, you know, personality wise, he's just, he's a guy that's, you know, that's clean cut, you know, he's not going to, you know, he knows how to behave. Uh, he comes from a good family and uh, he, he's not going to have any issues uh, off the court. Uh, he's just going to keep his nose clean and, 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 and do his job. And so that's kind of, you know, he's, he's just a quiet dude, you know, always smiling too. He's got a good uh, demeanor on him. And, you know, I think he'll be a, he'll be a good teammate. Byron, really appreciate you taking the time to provide us some insight on on who the Kings are getting. Yeah, well, you got a good one in Colby Jones. I know he's going to have a successful career there. That's a one and only Byron Larkin. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, they tell